time for Hollywood. Your online radio, the new online radio that makes you happy. Hey, what's up, everyone? How are you doing? Welcome to this segment of Motorcycle Madhouse. It's an awesome day here in Northern Illinois, but we're going to be getting a lot of snowflakes next week. But anyway, instead of me crying about that type of stuff, I want to say thanks to everyone for making Motorcycle Madhouse's podcast and show a big success. It's much appreciated. But, you know, I got a question from a subscriber, and you know what? I think it is beautiful, this question. And they ask, why do supporters go around decking themselves out with all this support gear, and next thing you know, they're acting like one of the members of the motorcycle club? Now, in St. Throttle, we see this all the time, because if they don't like one thing we say about a club or another, they're automatically out there shooting their crap and saying how wrong we are, and you know what, they get this attitude problem because of what we put out. Now, we're micro-news, so, you know, you can't complete, you know, appease everybody, if you will. But anyway, I do notice it. I do, and I know a lot of other people do too. Now, there's two things I think motorcycle clubs have done to harm their cause. And I'm not only talking about the media, Leo, but I'm talking about independent bikers as well. And those two things, and I'll explain what I think and why, is number one, everybody complains about Sons of Anarchy, about Mayans. We all know that it's entertainment, but some people don't. And why don't they? It's because in that series, and this is what's hypocritical, is they have actual club members in the show, and the club don't think anything's wrong with it. Well, you know, a lot of people on the outside looking in find it very disturbing, because how can you complain about people going around acting like Sons of Anarchy when you actually have club members from a well-known club doing it? Don't make no don't make much sense if you ask me. Now, the second thing that I believe motorcycle clubs have hurt themselves with is it used to be where support merchandise, you had to go in person to get it, that lets you get to know the club, all that good stuff. Now I'm not saying nothing bad about support club uh, materials here. I'm just saying that it used to be where, you know, they got to know the people. And they were able to get a handle on these people going out there and acting, you know, a fool. But now they sell the merchandise online to whoever wants to buy it. Now, the problem with that is the club, for one, don't know who the hell they're selling to. And two, these people, they'll get decked out in all this gear. You know, it's kind of funny. I I look at it and I was like, really? Don't you got your own identity or something? I know you support the club, but come on, you're going a little overboard, don't you think? Furthermore, and what's worse about it is, to the general public, they act like they're a part of the club. Now, the general public 
They don't know the difference. They right there see these colors. They see names of clubs. So they automatically assume this guy's a part of the club. Now, where that's bad is, it's really bad, I might add, is when these people go out there and cause some trouble, man. You know what? I think more trouble has been caused for clubs from these supporters on social media than the members themselves sometimes. Because you got guys going out there, they'll talk crap about another club. They'll, you know what, they'll put their two cents into it with no, you know what, we editorialize and put the news out there as the mainstream media puts out there. We try to give a middle-of-the-road approach on the deal. Now, the supporters, you know, the ones who are all dressed up like they're a club member and stuff, you know what, actually, i never seen club members dress up in so much gear of their own club than these supporters do. But anyway, they'll go up on social media and they'll start banging on other clubs. Banging on clubs because their loyalties or their supports to one club and since that club has uh, issues with the other club, they feel like they can go over and say, F these guys or F those guys, down with this guy, down with them guys. Again, you're supposed to be supporters of the club you like. You're not supposed to get in politics. You are not a member of the club. So why are you going out there and getting into stuff that you shouldn't be involved in? That's really just common sense, is it not? So what's even worse is, and I guess it depends on what area you're in, but if you're in an area where all these one percenter clubs are at, and you're saying this online, and guess what? You don't know who knows you. What happens when you're out and, oh, well, this is the guy that was talking crap about us. Next thing you know, you're getting dotted eyes. Even worse is a lot of supporters don't understand when they put that support gear on, you're identified with that club. Not as a club member, but as a supporter on them. So you're wearing your support gear through another 1% area, you better be prepared for what's coming next. Because I know a lot of 1% of clubs that make it, you're going to be made to turn that shirt inside out, or you're going to be made to defend that shirt. So you either got two choices in that situation. You either defend it, or you fight for it. That's just the way that things work on the street. Now, I already know the supporters and all the freaking naysayers are going to come out and say that, well, this is America, we can wear what we want, when we want, blah, blah, blah. Now, I got a book coming out in December called Brotherhood and Betrayal. And in that book, I discuss this constitutional argument that a lot of people who hasn't been involved in the scene try to use. I hate to break it to you guys, but that constitution, it has to do with the government and the individuals. When it comes to the street, it don't mean all that much, okay? 
there is a different type of thing that happens on the street. Actually, I call it the real world because it's a real world type of thing that you're going through. There's a lot of politics involved. It's just like any other type of, how can I say, a culture. They got their own rules. They got their own conduct. And I know this kind of stuff kind of upsets people, but it's just the way it is. You know, one of the biggest things that happened in 1994, that's when the rub invasion started, and that's when the culture, how can I say it, went PC. They wanted the image, but they wanted to put, you know, the guys that went before them, you know, who had to sit there through all the motorcycle profile and deal with that. It wasn't cool to be a biker. They wanted to push them out and put their own way of thinking in. And you know what? I don't got nothing against rubs, okay? There is a place for everybody in this lifestyle. Again, there's all kinds of subcultures. That is independence, Leo, uh, rubs, motorcycle enthusiasts. You know, the two wheels is what actually brings the whole lifestyle together. I don't care what you ride. Uh, you know what? Anybody who does, they're, you know, what can I tell you? They're ignorant. You know, two wheels means everything. But anyway, getting back to the issue. The issue at hand is, in 1994, everything changed. And as we went upwards into, again, the Sons of Anarchy era, as I call it, and now the Mayans, People didn't understand. They were never brought in right, and it doesn't help, and nowadays it really doesn't help, when you got some creators out there, they're not straight off. Now, I'm the first one to say whatever I say as far as opinions and stuff, that's what they are. They're opinions of mine that don't make it right. It don't make it right. It is not gospel. It's just some of the experience I went through. Now you got guys out there that haven't rode worth the crap. You know, one, two, three, four years, and you're trying to give advice on what's supposed to be happening in the biker community. Well, that just don't work, especially with the old timers who actually been around and went through all the nastiness. And when it wasn't cool to be a biker, and they're the ones who actually got profiled, and you wonder why they got. Uh, such a disdain for those type of people trying to give advice to newcomers or guys in their 50s just getting on a bike. That ain't cool. And then you got people that are out bad. They've uh, smeared their own selves trying to give advice about MCs. It's just ridiculous. How can you take an advice from a rat or even worse, an infiltrator? You know, there's one of them on YouTube talking about motorcycles. It just... And then we wonder why people who get to support merchandise go out there and act like morons. Because they are taking advice from some of these creators, they're watching TV shows where they see club members involved, so they think it's alright to act the way they are. It's not alright. And I don't think that's just my opinion. I think a lots of people, lots of people feel the same way I do, you can't have this type of stuff, especially in the general public, okay? You cannot have this stuff in the general public, because right now, the profiling, and I'm not even talking about motorcycle clubs, man, 
They're profiling Abate members. They're profiling Hog members, for Christ's sake. And you know what? Christian Motorcycle uh, Associations, anybody they feel they see a patch on, any type of organization it could be, they are profiling the hell out of it. So it does not make it any easier when Leo gets these reports that this guy was wearing all this support gear, these colors, and you've seen it in the news. They automatically tie these people to the motorcycle clubs. Perfect example. Sons of Silence. We That article I did on the Sons of Silence, which you can see on the YouTube channel, was a total and utter hit job on that motorcycle club. A guy got arrested for murder, and the cops said he was an associate of the motorcycle club. Now, I don't know if he was wearing support gear, or this guy was going around saying this or that, because a lot of these people, when they get into uh, some trouble, they'll automatically throw a club out there and see if it sticks for their own benefit. But anyway, the media and the Leo put this in this news article and said he was an associate of the club. No proof whatsoever. None. No proof that he was an actual member. And then you can go down in articles, and I'm not just talking about this SOS one. You can go down in articles of some of the news we do, and it's later on that they admit there's no evidence or anything like that tying to a club. Problem with that is, you already put it out there. And people don't read all the article on a lot of stuff. They only read what they want to read. So, you know, I even know that when I do my editorials. They, they might read four or five paragraphs and make up their mind like that. You know, I actually, uh, an example of this, and this is how ignorant people are, is I did an article about how the government issued orders to go against everybody in the One Percenter Club, all the majors. It was a parody one. It was talking about what could happen. Now, I made it seem like at the beginning, and I did it just for this reason, I made it seem like this was an actual news story. And it wasn't until later on that I said, well, this is a parody, and this is what could happen. And the responses, you can go look at it. People actually thought this was real. They were actually banging on the administration, law enforcement, but it wasn't a real story. It was talking about what could happen. And you didn't read the whole article. So you made yourselves look stupid. You made yourselves look stupid. And again, I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just like I put a question up on Twitter. Because I know most of our people are uh, street bikes instead of the race and the rockets and stuff. And I put, okay, you're riding a Harley, and you want to back up as a bike. Are you going to go Jap? Are you going to go BMW? going to go Triumph? And I guess they didn't get the question, because they came back and said, well, we're going to get an Indian and stuff like that. They didn't read the question. Because I put, this is the only ones you get to choose from. 
hey, Indian's a great bike, but this goes to show you that people really don't read and understand what the hell is going on out there. Okay? And that is where these people wearing the support gear of a specific motorcycle club is dangerous. Dangerous. Because it's going to cause not only the club problems, but it's going to cause them problems. You know, again, if you're going through another club's territory and you're ignorant of that, you could get hurt. Because a lot of people buying these products don't know or are not educated on how things work. You know, I heard uh, one guy, and this guy was put out as a rat. One of the questions was to him on his platform, what if you're going through an area that has another 1% club in there? What do you do? He says, go take off the support shirt. Well, here's the problem with that. It's a two-catch, and you need to make your own decision. Well, if you support that club so much, and you're all decked out in their merchandise, don't you think, you know, you were putting in a uh, position to defend that? And hey, defend your constitutional rights, remember? So it just flabbergasted me at that, because I was used to guys, and this was before the big internet era, who had support where they actually sat there and defended it, even though they didn't have to. They didn't give it up. They would go down. But nowadays, you know what? And that goes out to the motorcycle club members. These people do not know. They do not know the politics. So why try to go rip somebody's shirt off? Yeah, I know it's some BS. But yeah, turn it inside out, whatever. But people just don't know. They're ignorant now. And I think that's what the advice I would actually give clubs is, these people are pretty freaking ignorant, man. I wouldn't be risking no jail or worrying about that stuff. And what's even worse now, it's not all on the clubs doing the support merchandise. You got people over in China, they stole all the trademarks, and we know how China is, they steal trademarks. Well, you can see actual club patches out there, club t-shirts, club belt buckles. Uh, club uh, support wear that don't go to the club. Stay off of them sites, people. Especially if you're going to put a freaking fake uh, patch from a motorcycle club on you. You're going to get hurt. Because within the club community, it is very tight-knit. Basically, everybody's heard of everybody on the street. Everybody has a connection to somebody. And they're going to know if you're a club member, so stay away from them sites that are selling you these fake patches. And stay away from the support stuff, because again, it don't go to the motorcycle club. Support where it goes to help fund clubhouses and help get the guys, you know, some money uh, that they desperately need, because there's a lot of money involved in those one percenter clubs you got the uh, actually got the freaking clubhouses they got to be paid in mortgages or rent then you got uh, the travel involved the whole nine yards so that money goes to them to help support the club and if you're a supporter do the right thing and go to the motorcycle club for your merchandise but again once you get that merchandise don't be going out there acting like something you're not 
Because I can tell you, supporters, I can tell you that if you get into something, a club ain't going to come to your aid. You're not a part of the club. So why would they come and try to back you up? There are some people that actually think that happens. Well, I wear their support merchandise, so I think I'm close to them. You know, I'm sorry to say they don't give a hell about you, man. You just bought a support shirt. Yeah, you come to some parties and stuff, but you are not our member. So why are we going to put our members at risk for something stupid that you did? Makes sense to me if you ask me, you know. Uh, but, you know, some people just don't get it. They don't get it. And that is what's wrong with what is happening with this dang internet stuff, man. This internet has really turned the lifestyle into chaos. It really has. It's chaos. Because you do not know who you're talking to on the internet any damn way. And what's worse is a lot of your conversations, you're doing a lot of the real work for them. I remember there was a time when club members wouldn't even put on anything, who they were, what they did, any of that type of stuff. And now you see these members out there with their colors, blah, blah, blah. But that's a whole other video. This one's all about uh, freaking support club stuff. And by the way, you... Got to get over to MotorcycleMadhouse.com, man. If you haven't uh, gone over there, get over there. Uh, yeah, a little plug. And also the members only section. You got to get over there. That uh, gives you material that nobody else sees. And I get really wild and uh, unhinged over on that one. But uh, anyway, back to the support stuff. You know, just use your brains and stop acting like something you're not. You know, it's great to be a supporter, but don't go out on the internet trying to cause problems for clubs. Because guess what? You don't have to deal with the repercussions of what you're saying. It's the clubs themselves that have to deal with what's going on. The rumors that start on the internet, it, it causes, I'm telling you, on the street, it causes all sorts of freaking problems for the clubs. So how can you say you're a supporter of the club? If you're going out there acting a freaking fool and causing them problems and getting heat put all over them, that's not a supporter. That's just a wannabe jerk going out there and causing something they don't have to be responsible in dealing with. I think that's one of the biggest things that I do not like about supporters. They don't get what the hell they're there for. And they cause problems. If it wasn't for the clubs having to make some money and keeping their stuff open, I wouldn't be selling that stuff. You know, we sell a Support Your Local Insane Throttle shirt. And you can get all our shirts on our in the description box. You go right to our support store. And yeah, that helps us out as well as what it would do with the clubs. But... Everybody knows it says support your local Insane Throttle, but you're not going to be speaking on my behalf or Insane Throttle's behalf. Because if somebody asks about it, we're going to say, I don't know this guy. You know, do what you got to do, man. You know, we're a radio show. Uh, if they're out there trying to put out merchandise as we're some kind of club, they're freaking crazy because this is an entertainment venue and has nothing to do with clubs. 
So even, you know, I think actually why I brought that up, we had one incident where the guy was wearing our support shirt and the clubs were like, what the hell? He's going around thinking he's this, this, is he, do you got anything going? I was like, I don't, we're a radio show, you know that. So he's doing what the hell he's doing, that ain't my problem. You know, shit, it's just like your stuff, man. But the problem is, their stuff is their problem. Because there's different ramifications from these people going out there, doing what they're doing, and it's getting people in trouble, or it's getting, you know, they're getting put in uh, all kinds of freaking uh, stuff they shouldn't be putting in. So, just remember that, man. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section below about this whole subject. Have you ever ran across somebody in support gear, acting like a motorcycle club member, and what did you say to them, or if you didn't say anything, what were you thinking about it? So, hopefully we get a good debate started over here. If you're looking for up-to-date biker news, then Insane Throttle is the place to be! Daily editorials and news that is dedicated to the biker scene. Come on over and join the number one internet biker news site at HarleyLiberty.com. Hi, this is John with Exit 27, and you're listening to Hollywood on Motorcycle Madhouse. Want to hear more of our music? Head on over to Spotify or iTunes. The number one internet biker radio show is now available on Spotify and all major platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and more. Don't forget to become a subscriber on any one of these platforms so you can be notified right away when our weekly episode is uploaded so you never miss an episode. Let's go. 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 We are going to call out the biggest hypocrisy of all, of all time, from those that are claiming to be experts on the lifestyle to people that are putting out that bikers have propaganda, this coming from cops. And you know what? I just find it ridiculous. Some of these uh, people online that try to give advice, <laughs> try to give advice where they have no clue whatsoever. Now, as you can see, I do got some statistics up here. We're going to talk about Leo propaganda. Let's talk about that one first. Now, they seem like they want to portray themselves as almighty people and all that crap. So let's take a, you know, Bowling Green did uh, at a university out there with a bunch of PhDs did a study on police crime. Let's address that first. Sex-related police crime, because you know what? That's mostly what these guys get caught for, because they're a bunch of freaks. Uh, 1,475 arrest cases of 1,070 sworn officers. Now, I thought cops were, uh, you know, required to take an oath to serve and protect, but, you know, They'll go after club members, you know, five or six or uh, seven in, uh, in a chapter or something and call the whole organization a gang. Well, by your standards, Leo's the biggest gang of them all. Anyway, alcohol-related police crime, that's probably them driving around DUI or killing somebody with their, uh, you know, drunken drive. In 1405 arrest cases, 1283 with sworn officers. Drug-related police crime, 739 arrests of 665 sworn officers and they go around when a bunch of club members or something and they again they 
put that the whole club is a criminal organization because a couple got busted selling some stuff, but 739 arrest cases of cops with drug-related crimes. Now, violence-related uh, crime, 3,328 arrests of 2586 sworn officers. And we cannot see the corruption here. Profit-motivated police crime, 1,592 cases, of which 1,396 officers were busted. And these are the type of statistics, and we're not even talking about the California one, where I think there's over 20,000 uh, cops listed as doing some sort of crime. But this is the stuff cops don't want you to see. No, they don't want you to see this kind of stuff. They don't want you to know what's actually going on. Now, there's something called the blue wall. Now, the blue wall is the cops will never go after one of their own. Now, they claim recently that, you know, cops don't like bad cops themselves. But why you got the blue wall, man? Why are you guys protecting these people if you believe in law and order so damn much? Now, am I saying all cops are bad? No. But when they try to go after club members and be hypocritical about it, knowing full well it's only a certain amount of people within that organization, let's face it. Every organization, not only motorcycle clubs, but you have stuff going on with fraternities. You have stuff, politicians, the biggest criminals of them all. But you know what? Law has a budget, okay? And in order to have a budget and their numbers go up, they have to claim stuff that really don't happen. Now, let's look at uh, the biggest law enforcement corruption going on right now in this country. You had a coup against the President of the United States, and uh, Durham is actually looking at the head of the FBI, as well as the Assistant Director of the FBI, Federal agents, not, <laughs> let's go on to the CIA. They're looking at uh, Brennan and Clapper. Now, if that don't tell you something about the state of law enforcement, I do not know what is. Now, you know, they push the same lines over and over again against motorcycle clubs, and it's quite pitiful, you know. What's funny is a lot of citizens don't even buy into their crap anymore. They really don't because they see the truth with these damn cops. So it is actually funny to see this kind of stuff happening. Now, do some clubs bring on the law enforcement ear, if you will? Yeah, we've been hearing about it all week with on the East Coast. Yeah. I admit that some clubs bring it upon them and some of the stuff in the past should be uh, updated if you will. But it is so funny hearing it from a damn cop. Now let's address one of the points about the Constitution. Okay, that is a governmental document and yeah, it does give you rights as a U.S. citizen. But with anything, 
okay when you're getting in the streets you're getting in the underworld type of uh, stuff I like to see you wave that constitution right before you get decked or something or if you're in some kind of uh, how can we say it different type of business I love to see you guys wave that constitution around before somebody puts a 22 behind your ear and blows you know the front of your face off I like to see it. Now, I also like to see where that constitution gets you when you decide that you're going to go at, uh, against all protocol that was established at most different types of, how can we say it, uh, sectors of a lifestyle, if you will, puts forward and has been for 70 years. You know, at close to 70 years because when everything started up and started forming, those were put in by the way, by the way, vets, okay? They were put in by vets and a lot of clubs have a lot of freaking servicemen. Actually, during the 60s, a lot of them came out of Vietnam. So, for those that get pissed off about the protocol and stuff like that and say, well, it's un-American, it's against the Constitution, well, most of that protocol was made up by a lot of servicemen. So, remember that. But getting back to the Constitution and the streets, go wave that around over on the south side of Chicago. Go wave that around on the west side of Chicago. Go wave that around in freaking uh, New York City or L.A. in some of the neighborhoods where a lot of that stuff's going on. See, what a lot of people don't understand about motorcycle clubs, especially the one percenters, you are going from a citizen life to something that's structured, that has been there for decades. Decades. And if you think that you have the right to do this or that in a lifestyle that has been established forever, you better be able to back up your words. That is the street code, if you would like. Now, I know a lot of people, they love throwing on them patches, and next thing you know, they get their asses handed to them, and they want to run the cops. Well, you know, that's rats and stuff like that. What can I say? There's rats in this world. But to go around and say, you have a right to do this because the Constitution says so, Put up or shut up, man. Put your patches on, go out on the street, and do what you think you can do. Now, nobody's telling you not to start a club. But if you're going to do it, then you better be able to back up whatever the hell you think you can do. Because when you go out there, and I've seen this a million times, and say, well, I'm putting on this patch. Well, within uh, 30 days or 60 days, you get shut down, and then you go and cry about the Constitution, or you cry about how they did this or they did that. You're coming into their world. They're not coming into yours. It's not their fault that you want to be Billy Badass and think you have a right to do something. 
It's all about backing your mouth up on the street. And for those that cry and whine, well, you know, we're going to grab this or we're going to grab that. Why don't you get away from the computer and get your butt out on the streets and let's see if you can back that up? Because I can almost guarantee you won't be backing it up. It's all talk. Most of these guys that are talking about this kind of stuff, one, they never go near a club. They stay as far as as far as way as possible from interacting with the club. Sure, they'll say, well, I did this or I was going to, the club wasn't for me. Bull. You couldn't hack it and you didn't want to go near the club because you guys are doing too much of this stuff. And you'll know what's going to happen on the street. Now, a lot of these idiots that are on social media, they don't get that because they're green. They don't understand what happens on the street. Then they turn and watch you morons. And then they think they know what you guys are talking about. But they don't use knowledge and say, well, wait a second. These guys won't even go near a motorcycle club. Why? What did they do not to go near a motorcycle club? Or are they freaking scared of letting their positions known? Well, the Constitution protects them. Why don't they do it? That's my question. You know, it's funny. Dude over there, well, this guy wouldn't debate. Dude had a freaking invitation. We had it all set up for it to go live. Where we were going to sit him down with me and a club member. Had it all set up. Too busy to attend. You know what it is? He didn't want to debate his position with a club member in person. Why? If you believe so much into your, you know, your positions, why couldn't you do it? Problem is, everybody out there who is talking crap about motorcycle clubs are the biggest hypocrites I have ever known. Really have. And especially freaking infiltrators, informants, and all that type of stuff. They want to talk about something that <laughs> they went in under the guise of being freaking tricky or untruthful in the first place. What kind of shit is that? You're going to take a word of a man like that that went in purposely to try to make cases where they're not... And you know, they even admit there wasn't cases, but because this organization held a couple guys out there that went down for this and that as criminals is, you know what, a waste of taxpayer dollars because they came out with nothing. That's your money that they're wasting. And they want to go out there and talk about biker propaganda, how it's all full of crap. <laughs> really? I can pick stories apart with you Leos, man. I really can. I can pick them apart. And you talk about club guys being criminal? Look at the numbers. They speak for themselves. With Dude, I can pull a daily theme of at least 10 articles we can post on cops getting arrested. But oh no, let's push that under the table. Push it under the table. That way the public, they don't turn on us. 
You know, is there damn good cops out there? Hell yeah, there's damn good cops. I knew some from the neighborhood that were cool as hell. They weren't out there busting your balls for stupid crap that most of these newer cops do. The older cops, they were pretty cool. You know, they knew the street. They knew how to handle it. And they knew within the neighborhood that it was part of their neighborhood. They weren't out there playing God or playing, you know, with their badges and their little guns going and running off at their mouths. You know, something that these cops think they can do when they throw on a bunch of colors. Now, there was an incident in Elmhurst, I believe. North Avenue, a bunch of damn cops with the freaking... MC Patches walked in there, started harassing the citizens like you wouldn't believe. Well, the citizens weren't taking it. They went in there, stomped them, and next thing you know, they're pulling out their badges. Pulling out their badges. <laughs> How weak is that? If you want to play something, then at least play it. You know, a good man once said that if you want to be a cop, be a cop. If you want to be a member of a club, be a club member. But the two never mix. Because the ideologies of both of them are totally freaking different. And I cannot see how a Leo could actually think that they can be one person and another. Right there, that's saying a lot about who you are as a person. You want to be protected on one side, but on the other, you want all the glory that comes along with uh, being a part of an organization. That in itself is hypocritical. Now, when this dude actually thanked this other one. Now, see, with YouTube, we can't mention names because they're taking down videos and all that kind of stuff. But when he congratulated a dude that was interviewing him for his service, you want to talk pissed off and how many people were pissed about that? Dude is got an other than honorable discharge. I'd be hiding my face from the internet right now with that kind of crap. And any of you that listen to that stuff, you know what? I'd freaking punch and kick my own ass for listening to somebody like that you want to talk about guys that went over to that desert and got blown up and maimed and here you are listening to a guy who got thrown out for other than honorable that is the worst worst administrative freaking uh, charge that you can get you are a scum if you get that type of uh, discharge. But to sit there and thank somebody for their service that got that discharge, you are a moron and an idiot. Okay? And those that are watching that kind of stuff are idiots themselves. You have no respect for our military if you're praising a guy like that. Give me a damn break. And you didn't even come back and challenge it when it was said. So what kind of hypocrite are you, man? Really? But it pissed you off that the Constitution don't mean nothing on the streets. You infiltrated it. You got it. You've seen the streets. You know the streets. So to go out there and get people into your mumble jumbo that's going to get them hurt, that's going to fall back on you, man.
I hope you have a good conscience when somebody does go out there. And I'm not just talking about motorcycle clubs now. This is way beyond motorcycle clubs when these freaking cops come out here start talking that, well, we're going to do this if, the, you know, we fought for this. You know what? So have a lot of freaking vets that you people are targeting. Vets that did time in Vietnam. Vets that did time in freaking the, the desert over there. They're the ones who did the time. They're the ones that are walking around maimed. Those are the true heroes. But you thank somebody for their service that had an other than honorable discharge. Now, we don't know. We haven't seen the DD-214 if the dude was even in the service. But honor, other than honorable, you're going to thank them. And then you're not going to challenge them when you find out that. Give me a break, man. That's hypocrisy at its best. That's these two doing this to each other's peckers, if you ask me. You know, again, you're taking advice from people that will never show their face. Never on the streets. And you know why? Because they've said some stupid crap and they know they were wrong because if they weren't wrong they'd show up but they can't back what they're saying now you know with the biker stuff there's different divisions man we're talking you got your rubs which they bang on all the time you know what i found it so funny when this dude banged on adam sandoval adam sandoval has done more than this jackass has ever done ever done in his life Okay, ever. He went around, he supported our bets, he still is supporting our bets. He rode every year for four years, gave up everything he owned to help with them bets. His mileage, he was doing probably 40, 50,000 miles a year. And this one dude who's only been riding four years has 80,000 miles on his bike. That's 20,000 miles a year. And what's your point? Then goes after club members. They never ride. Bullshit. I am calling bull. Most of the nomads I know got 40,000 on their bike in a year. So that's what you got to watch out with some of these idiots. Okay? You really got to watch out for them. Because they're going to get you hurt with their crap. This ain't no joke when you go out there. This ain't, uh, you know, ramming off at the mouth with the keyboard commando crap. When you're out there, here, here's what I'll do. I'll invite you to Chicago, and we'll go around to see what you guys are about with the ones that are running their mouths. I'll take you into some neighborhoods. You know, ones that uh, this one dude, oh, I'm from, you ain't from Chicago, dude. You're from the suburbs. You never went, you never grew up in the Chicago area. I don't care who you said it was a family member that grew up in, or was living in Chicago and you went to visit. They ain't growing up in Chicago, okay? You know, they, that's another thing with the Chicago thing. They always want the image of being from there. But never were from there. They never lived them streets. Okay? So, yeah, I'm a little going today because you get tired of these people leading people down the wrong pathway. You really do. And you see a lot of people. You know what? I've seen people hurt 
over the running their mouths with the same crap that they're using. Next thing you know, they're laying in a hospital bed wondering what the hell happened to them. This is serious stuff out there in the club world, man. It ain't no damn joke. It really ain't, man. You're going to try to buck tradition that's been going back way back in time. And here it comes from a guy who thinks, hey, maybe, you know, that protocol might be uh, upgraded or evolved a little bit because, you know, it's getting you guys into some stuff that it shouldn't be getting you into. But I think that's my rant right there is seeing these guys going out there and, you know, claiming biker propaganda. You know what? You guys better look in the mirror when you're talking about propaganda, okay? Using two or three guys busted to say a whole organization's criminal. And don't say you're not because Texas right now with the profiling, they just had a case where a guy was wearing club colors and had a legal concealed carry. But arrested him anyway, saying he was a gang member. Now he's going through all that stuff because he was wearing colors, but he was legal, had no arrest background or nothing. So I don't want to hear about it. And let's not even take about, you know, like I always say, if you want to know what profiling's about, you know, just go ask a black. Well, let's not even get on that side of the story. So you hypocrites out there, maybe you should learn what you're talking about. And, you know what, give it straight up instead of, you know, trying to push an angle that you know damn well is going to get somebody hurt. Or if you want to take a challenge again, let's get in the Chicago, man. Let's see. Let's get around everybody and see where the mouths are at that point. You're listening to Hollywood on Motorcycle Madhouse on iTunes and all major podcasting platforms. Your online radio, the new online radio that makes you happy. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go! We're going to go pretty in-depth with uh, what's going on out in New Jersey with this commission. It seems like it's heating up. They're calling people in front of uh, the commission, trying to get answers out of them. Got to give them credit. They were pleading the Fifth Amendment. We're going to have the video of some questioning of the national vice president. Uh, well, according to them, anyway, of uh, some of the questions that they're asking them. We're also going to read this article that just came out. Boy, let me tell you, it is heating up out there. They're now comparing uh, the motorcycle club uh, just as bad as the Crips Bloods. <laughs> MS-13. So it's getting pretty uh, thick out there, man. So let's take a look at uh, the article real quick. Hey, let's start it out here. This was uh, actually printed yesterday, and it just shows you the conservative effort now that the New Jersey officials are starting to put the heat on. Uh, especially, I don't know if you guys understand what these commissions are about. Uh, there were some famous ones during the 1960s with Bobby Kennedy with the uh, outfit, or that's what we call it in Chicago, uh, Costa Nostra, Mafia, uh, the five families out in New York City and the East Coast. And those were designed to bring out the, how can I say it, organized crime to the general public. And what uh, these politicians do is they use this to, you know, 
conjure up fear in the citizenry and get some laws passed. It also gets, you know, dollars sent into the police uh, budgets and all that type of stuff. But now in New Jersey, they're starting to hold the same type of kind of uh, hearings and actually looking at it, uh, they're going heavily after the pagans. But let's get into the article real quick. And this one's out of the South Jersey Times editorial board. This biker gang is back with a vengeance and a threat to New Jersey. Now, with that language right there, you can tell how they are working together with the media to get that, that message out with law enforcement's message. And again, I say it a million times, thousand times, whatever you want to say, unless the clubs get out there and get uh, their side of the story out on this kind of stuff, it's just going to keep on going and getting worse, where the media is eventually going to peg this down, and the citizens are going to straight up say, you know what, enough's enough, take care of this stuff. But anyway, if you read or heard about the violent gangs in the past few years, the story probably involved MS-13, the Central American band that has expanded to the United States in a big way, which the article's not lying. The MS-13 on the streets have become uh, one of the top. You want to talk about criminal gangs. They're one of the top. They go around using machetes, and they're just a brutal organization. President Donald Trump has cited this gang and others like it in his push to restrict both legal and illegal immigration from these countries. So you can already see at the start of the article that they're tying the pagans in with the MS-13. There have also been warnings about New Jersey affiliates of the Bloods and their Los Angeles-based rivals, the Crips, taken hold in large sections of the state as indicated by signs and colors found in various places. Illicit drug trade, assaults, and even murders make these organizations continuing threats to safe streets and community. Now there's the key word right there that's going to lure in the general public against clubs is illicit drug trade, assaults, and even murder. Uh, when citizens hear that kind of stuff, man, you already know they're going to be up in arms with that again. They're going to want uh, the cops to handle it. The state police and local authorities continue to monitor them, but a different violent blast from the past is said to be reasserting itself. The Pagan's Motorcycle Gang, which with a uh, notorious history in South Jersey two and three decades ago, is back with a vengeance, according to testimony at State Commission of Investigation hearing last week. Now, everybody might say, well, this is on a state level, this uh, commission. Well, here's where you don't get. These state-level commission hearings can end up at the federal level in, you know, say the adjustment or the justice uh, committee, the judiciary, whatever they call it. And that is something that clubs do not want to happen is to get to the federal level. They start hearing these uh, types of uh, things going on with uh, some particular members of clubs. And next thing you know, you want to talk about fighting uh, motorcycle profiling? Yeah, that's going to be out the door because they're going to be like hounds on uh, one of their targets if this gets to the federal level in a commission hearing like they used to hold for the syndicate and all that kind of stuff. Uh, let's see here. 
Yawa bikers were once a familiar scourge in Philadelphia and Delaware County, Pennsylvania, as well as the southern half of New Jersey. Current leaders of the organization appeared at the SI, uh, SCI hearing but stayed silent until Hugo Naives, a national pagan's vice president who lives in South Jersey, stated, quote, it's not the policy of this club to engage in any criminal activity. And that's all I will say about that. You'll be able to see the video of uh, the pagans talking or not talking to the commission uh, later on in this episode. That's not what SCI investigators or specialized units in the state police believe. They say that under Nieves and the national president, Keith Conan Richard, who took over in 2018, the Pagans have initiated a big membership drive on the East Coast. Officials say that some New Jersey chapters have seen a 50% membership increase and the Pagans have a bigger presence now in North Jersey than in past incarnations. Uh, yeah, they're calling it uh, incarnations here. In addition to dr the drug trade, they are selling illegal weapons, irritating, initiating clashes with other biker gangs, and mistreating women who associate with the members. No one in South Jersey needs to be reminded of the violence that outlaw bikers can do. The Franklin Township murder of Thompson, or Township Police Sergeant uh, Gonzalez on May 6 and 95 was attributed to two members of the Warlocks, a similar construction, uh, it's a rival of the Pagans, they're saying. So you see how the, the story's going right here, right now. It, you know what? They're laying it on thick, and this right here is how... You know, the media, you know, look what's going on in this country right now. People only pay attention to the media of their choice. They don't get out there. They don't try to see both sides of the story, and it, it gets embedded in their minds. This year, an Upper Township Pagans member, Noah Frost, was indicted in Atlantic uh, County for the attempted murder of another pagan, Benjamin DePilla. Uh, prosecutors allege that Frost allegedly ran over DePilla, who was riding his motorcycle with a truck. Police think the incident stemmed from a road rage dispute. Yeah, that one don't make no sense, but hey, it is what it is. And last October, pagan uh, biker Aguello was convicted in the bizarre 2012 murder of April Kaufman, a well-known Atlantic City radio talk host and the wife of prominent Atlantic County physician, Dr. James Coffin. Kaufman killed himself in prison while awaiting trial last year. But investigators believe he engaged the biker gang to kill his wife to prevent her from exposing a drug uh, ring in which he and the pagans were involved. And, of course, he was convicted on that. We actually had an interview with somebody that was involved with that case. You can see it uh, over on our uh, MotorcycleMadhouse.com, over at the podcast, or you can watch uh, the video part on YouTube. None of this romanticized stuff of the street rumbles of West Side Story while MS-13, Bloods, Crips, and various uh, hyper-local gangs have been in constant focus of law enforcement, the resurgence of the pagans and similar groups may be even scarier. The SCI has sounded the warning, and it hopes that those who are charged with upholding the law have elevated those outlaw motorcycle gangs to the level of supervision they now require. That means they're going to put them under... Uh, 
like the FBI does with the the syndicate and stuff. They'll have agents staking them out. And yeah, that's where it's going to get bad, man. It really is. It's going to get bad out there. And the fight for motorcycle uh, club profiling is going to start taking some back, uh, if you know what I mean. Like I said before, do I believe that the whole organization is doing stuff like this? I don't, you know what, I really don't think so, but, you know, the members that do do it, it's really given uh, the clubs a bad name. You know, yesterday we did that one video, and people were like, you know, that's old news, that old news. No, it ain't old news. You know why it ain't old news? Because that video of that, I don't know if he was a hangaround, a supporter of the Hells Angels that got beat with that axe handle by a member of the Pagans, that ain't all news, guys. That was showed at this commission hearing, and they used that as evidence of why this is such a threat. So it's all about optics, and yeah, some of it's based on facts. Some of these incidences did happen. I believe the guy got four years in uh, prison for that. So unless there's some type of uh, evolution in the thinking of some of the clubs. I don't know what you want to call it. it, it I, I know there's a lot of organizations out there for the profile and stuff. I know a lot of strides have been taken in that. But stuff like this is going to actually pull back the motorcycle club rights type of, how can I say it, movement. Because you're taking a step forward and then something happens, you get thrown three steps back because these politicians are listening in these type of commissions. Again, when a club is brought in before a commission on the state, and by God, I hope, not the federal level, it's going to send some shockwaves through what's going on. You know, right now on appeal, you got the Mongols appealing the decision out of California. Their whole entire club was held... <laughs> They were convicted of RICO, you know, regardless of what my thoughts are, regardless of what thoughts that you might have about clubs, the issue here is what the citizens have in their mind. Now, again, and again, and again, I know clubs are not supposed to worry about the citizenship. And again, I say that's the wrong way of thinking about it because the citizens elect the representatives. They sit on juries. And when this kind of stuff gets in their mind, I don't care if a club member was falsely accused or not. They are going to convict them just on what they heard through the media. They're hearing what law enforcement has to say. And they're showing selective incidences just like they did at this com uh, commission with this video. So I don't want to sound like I'm a preacher or any. I'm an editorial opinion uh, columnist and nothing more, man. But my opinion is that it's getting pretty thick out there. And, you know, this is just one club. You got the West Coast uh, going on with the Mongols with the patch case. And pretty soon what the feds are going to do is lump everybody in and they're going for those trademarks. I actually, again, I wrote a, a, a parody piece over on Insane Throttle, which has went viral. And the reason being is how I worded it in the beginning. And I said, okay, this is a parody, guys. This is what actually could happen. 
Now, MS-13 before Trump was never on the radar. Yeah, we heard, you know, pieces coming out here and there, here and there. But, and this is a but, as soon as Trump got in, the freaking, his focus went straight to MS-13. And now they're under siege by the federal government. People say, well, clubs have been under siege. And you know what? They haven't seen under siege until the federal government starts treating them like MS-13 or start treating them like uh, the Bloods, the Crips, some of the hardcore street gangs out there. Once you get into that uh, type of uh, exposure, and these commissions are that kind of exposure, you're into some stuff, man. It's going to be unrelenting unrelenting it's gonna make the stuff going on in texas look like uh, some baby crap man because uh, you know i know the commissions out of chicago the chicago crime commission they hold huge sway here in illinois over law enforcement and basically what they determine is like gold man because you know not only you got police but you got these commission investigators are out there under you know in the background that you probably don't even know about getting intelligence the whole nine yards and next thing you know you're caught with your pants down and you're saying what the hell's going on here really you know the problem is i believe with clubs is they're always looking short term they don't look at the long-term picture of what's going to happen, you know, to the scene. They only look short-term. You know, most club members, you know, they're lucky to hit 20 years. You know, God think, you know, people are reaching 40, 50 years. That is awesome stuff there. But, you know, the median, I think, is like 10, you know, between 10 and 20 years. You got to think long term for the survival of your organization. And this type of heat is not going to be good for the long game, especially now where 30% of even independent bikers and bikers do not support clubs. They rather support a Leo organization than they would a traditional motorcycle club. Add in the fact that a lot of these kids have, you know, coming into the scene, have no interest in it. You know, they're more into the rocket type of clubs, and they're not into all the politics stuff, man. They, uh, it's just, a, it's just a fact. Yeah, a lot of us, the old guys, you know, between 40 and up, we're like, oh, you know, this, this, and this. But the truth is, and the reality is, the younger kids are going to take over this uh, scene in about five to ten years. And what you see now is not going to be good, man. You're not playing the long game. That's just my, you know, way of looking at it. But let's play this uh, video real quick of uh, the commission uh, hearing real quick. Mr. Indiana, can you state your full name on the record for us? Hugo L. Neves. And how old are you, Mr. Nieves? I wish to serve my Fifth Amendment privilege. That's your age, Mr. Nieves? Yes, I wish to serve my Fifth Amendment privilege. Where are you currently employed, Mr. Nieves? I wish to serve my Fifth Amendment privilege. What is your role within the Pagan's Motorcycle Club? I wish to serve my Fifth Amendment privilege. Mr. Nieves, are you currently the National Vice President of this organization? I wish to serve my Fifth Amendment privilege. Mr. Nieves, are you a Pagan's Motorcycle Club member at all? I wish to serve my Fifth Amendment privilege. Mr. Nieves, I want you to take a look at the screen from here, looking at EMC 19. Is this photograph of you at this year's Water Shore and Wildwood wearing what is referred to as Pagan Cups? 
I wish to serve my Fifth Amendment privilege. Now, Mr. Nieves, you've heard a lot of information about what the Commission has found about the members of the Pagan Motorcycle Club. One of the things we heard was that when you enter the club, Mr. Nieves, you're given specific rules and information on what to do if you get arrested and what to do if you end up in prison. Is this information provided to the members of the Navy Motorcycle Club, your club, because you expect and know that these members will engage in activities that will result in their arrest and ultimately their incarceration? I wish to serve my Fifth Amendment privilege. Mr. Nieves, as the National Vice President, can you explain why there is such a large number of Pagan Motorcycle Club members that are, that are dealing narcotics within your organization? I wish to serve my Fifth Amendment privilege. Is there something you want to weigh in on that sheds light on the role and purpose of the Pagan's uh, Motorcycle Club? Mr. Ellison. I plead the Fifth. Mr. Nieves. All I will say is that it is not the policy of this club for anybody to engage in any criminal activity. Mr. And, that's, and that's all I will say about that, sir. All right, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Uh, Mr. and I apologize. Arocha. Same question I asked you to follow. I plead the Thank you, sir. <coughs> Thank you. Okay, and that was the video of the the New York uh, or the New Jersey uh, Commission asking the questions. They pleaded the fifth, which is awesome because the fight has to turn to the club going to the press, getting their side of the story out. You know, if they do that, they do that. But again, this type of hearing, now imagine that whole thing packed in front of the Federal uh, Judiciary Committee. And again, they are a lot different than the commission because the federal government on that level, they love making a big scene and all that type of stuff. So, you know, you see this type of stuff because I get a lot of people that talk about pop-up clubs all the time. And you know what? I actually sat back uh, after I was watching this and I was like, Oh, crap, you know, because I was, I was trying to figure out why everybody's popping off. Then I took into consideration the poll, watching this type of stuff, and I realized that people just want to ride and party. They don't want to be involved in politics. They, they want to do their own thing with their own brothers and stuff. And I was like, well, no wonder everything has exploded. It's because... Of just that kind of stuff that you know and nowadays people don't want to get involved in the old uh, type of stuff they don't want to get involved with having cops all over them they just want to do their thing so you know that's what I learned there and you know again you know hopefully this uh, segment is educational or you get your news out of it you know i know a lot of people are mad that i put this kind of stuff out but we are biker news you know we're not a content creator in the sense of yeah we got a radio show and we got uh, opinion segments of you know just my thoughts but our main focus is biker news and when something like this gets in the news that can affect the whole you know community we put it out there, man. We put the stories out there. And I don't think people realize 
that is what we are we're biker news man and i know we're kind of pioneers in this type of segment because it's only really been around uh 20 years the first one uh being out uh biker news network and you know they've been around 98 i think but they're mostly you know uh a news type of deal online where you know they got the stories going out but they haven't taken it to the next level like we have and we covered in depth of what's going on and hopefully you know it makes people think you know god forbid you know we are supporters of motorcycle club rights but at the same time we can't support as a news organization the violence we can't who would do that you know i ain't msnbc or freaking cnn we're trying to get both sides out but at the same time, we got the values that we got to keep to all of our subscribers and not just a small segment of uh, subscribers. You know, you can't just zero in on, uh, you know, what you think people like. No, you got to get the debate started. You got to get the news out there and let people decide for themselves, you know. So, again... Hopefully you enjoyed this segment. Hopefully you get some of the discussion uh, started. Hopefully, you know, evolution starts up. Because right now, again, you can't really, you know, bitch about pop-up clubs when this, you know, this kind of stuff is happening out there, man. Every time we're in the news, we're seeing some violence happening. You know, I wish it would be one day where I wouldn't have to print or comment on something. You know, that would be like a vacation for me and a good for the, a vacation for the community. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Motorcycle Madhouse. Don't forget to go over to the Insane Throttle's new YouTube channel and also get your daily dose of biker news every morning at harleyliberty.com if you haven't done so already go like the new motorcycle madhouse facebook page and until next week i'm james hollywood machikari and remember keep that throttle crack wide open